Hello and welcome to Just One Cornetto, a Greenock Morton podcast. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All of our panellists appear in a personal capacity and as such, any views expressed are personal to them. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Titan's Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside heritage and another Clyde's incredible scenery. Their carefully selected aged rums are infused with Scottish raspberries, golden syrup and exotic spices. Titan Spice Rum is blended using the finest Caledonian water whilst retaining its spiritual Caribbean DNA. Titan Spice Rum and Titan Orange Rum are available to order today. Visit titanspiritsltd.com to secure your order. Titan Spiced Rum Reggae Retro. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Just One Carneto podcast. It was a frustrating week at Capital this week. Air leaving with all three points on Tuesday night, followed up by a stalemate against Partick yesterday. Joining me to analyse the games, we have Mr Darren Adams. How are you? Uh, I'm alright, mate. How are you? Hi. Um, recording Hangover 3 for the first time <laughs> in a long time, which has been um, a strange experience. But yes, yes. Tuesday night, 3-1 to Air. Ashford, McGinty and Akinyemi on the score sheet. Three first half goals for the away side. Okay, so yeah, we'll talk about the lineup first. Obviously, unchanged lineup from the two weeks draw up at Oakville View. What did you make of the starting eleven? Uh, I I was um I was interested to see Ali Crawford because I was not Oakville View, so I didn't see him play against Queens Park, and obviously he'd had a wee chance or something up there, something like that. So I was interested to see how he'd play. Um, I was also intrigued by the fact that they're persisting with Muirhead and Oakley. Um, I was also Kinda, I was expecting Grant Gillespie to come back in. Um, heard obviously yeah. he came on, and then we we fought back after that. Whether you'd want to say um, that he actually was the reason for that, and that's another thing. But I thought Gillespie would have came back in, being the club captain and um, that being one of the better players at the club. I think, and um, saying before, obviously, I think he's a Premier League player, so I thought he would have came back in. But other than that, was feeling feeling quite positive actually. Uh, a week's a long time in politics, so <laughs> not feeling that positive now. But before this game, I was feeling quite positive about the the lineup. I, you know, it's um, yeah, I think the exact same as you. You look at the lineups, pretty yeah, lineup on paper looks pretty good. You look midfield three, kind of front three can cause issues. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely no issue with the lineup. Obviously, down to an early goal first. Uh, I don't know how would you describe the the first goal. Just just kind of sclaff that ended up in the net. But I didn't. I, I, I couldn't make out at the time what actually happened. Obviously, I'm at the other end and right down at the pitch, so I can't. It's kind of hard to tell. But I, I haven't watched the highlights back. I'm not sure. Was it an own goal? It looks to me as if it actually came off Bluesy. Yeah, Blues gets the last touch before it goes in. Um, I, do you know, it's just, it's just one of those goals that just kind of they happen now and again. It's just a nothing ball into the box. I think the one thing I would say is. It's a frustrating free kick to give away when you look at the area. Muirhead's charged across. It's good defensive work for the fact that he got there, but it's just, it, it's maybe that wee bit of naivety where it's, if you're getting round, see instead of just going straight for the man and kind of going, trying to go shoulder to shoulder with him when you're on, like the defender's close side, you'd rather you'd rather go another step or two and try and face him up first because as you come across him at that speed, he is going to hit the deck and for all I don't, 
I don't necessarily think you should be given free kicks for that, but that's the that's the kind of risk you run. So it's kind of yeah, that that bit's a little bit frustrating. It is. It's just a nothing ball into the box, and it just it takes a nick and one of those frustrating goals. But in terms of set piece goals, not the most frustrating that we'll give away, which probably <laughs> segues us nicely onto the second one. What did you make of that? Um, obviously, I've I've heard that it was absolutely raging with Effie Ambrose for it. I didn't realise that. I remember watching the. At the time, the the corner directly before it, I think it was McAleer that was on it. It was an absolute yep. wicked ball into the box, like it was yeah. unbelievable power and dip on it. And yep. I remember, I think it was my dad or something saying to me, "It was like, hey, that's a warning we need to deal with here." And then Effie yep. makes the same mistake. It seems like he makes the same mistake twice, and we get the absolutely bullets in, and that's a pretty pretty funny celebration in front of the cow shed. Anyway, um. Aye, it was a really poor goal to concede. Considering, I think we've been a lot better, and considering heighten our team as well, you think we would have done a lot better at defending that? Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think obviously we we'll, we've got ourselves back into the match. It was a kind of we 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 came out the traps quite slowly. Um, we were still getting we were getting the service into the front three at that point, but it just hadn't quite clutched yet. And you look, we've we've got the equaliser. It's a a lovely taken, a, a really well taken goal. Um, we had the kind of perfect angle behind it in the cow shed. You can see it just turning into the bottom corner. A really really well taken goal. And you think right. That's going to kickstart us now and we're going to up the tempo. And yeah, I think the frustrating part is if he loses, if he loses his runner the first time. And I get it, it is. It's a, and I, I still remember it was, um, yeah, one of the guys I was standing with standing going, that's a fucking let off. Because it, the first one should have been buried as well. And yeah, to watch then the next delivery of the box, exact same run, exact same delivery, exact same fucking header. Um, yeah, just an individual error that at this stage of the season and in such a game, you just can't make. And that's, yeah, that is, it, it, it was really quite frustrating. Because um, it was, you'd, you were just waiting on that little that reaction after the goal because one thing that I do think this Morton side are very, very good at is we react well to goals, we react well to scoring, we up the tempo. It just everything seems to click after we score. In terms of you look at the Cove game, um, as soon as we scored the penalty, I think every single person in the ground thought, right, we're getting a winner here. Because we seem to have that in our locker to take it up another ten or fifteen percent after we score. And I think the opposite was true on Tuesday. And you then look the second goal's obviously very frustrating. Um third goal's not much better if we're being honest, is it? Uh, um I think one of the frustrating uh, like it was really a demoralising kind of game, especially in the first half for the second half, because I think in the first half we actually, despite not playing too well, we plenty of chances. I mean, the, the, we, we hit, Oakley hit the keeper for about four yards, which is just unfortunate. Alex yep. Crawford had a decent volley that he just couldn't get on target. If we'd, It was the same kind of problem Saturday as well, that when they hitting the target with a chance. And then, you know, obviously, unfortunate own goal where, you know, fortuitous flick on from Ashford for the first goal. We get... We, Absolutely pummel them, put everything into it, get back in the game, and then we just concede that sloppy set piece from McGinty. And then they go up the park and score on a counter attack. Uh, just two passes and they're in and goal, get beaten at the near post. And at that point, you're just like, just like scunnered. It's the word I've been using the last week to, to um, describe it. Just absolutely scunnered by the time it got to half time. And then obviously, air in the second half, I think they managed the game superbly and just absolutely killed it. Yeah. Um, that was the frustrating thing and I think you look at the first half on yeah and you know I don't think it's the last time that we'll mention this on this record but I thought we were very very passive I think that we're very 
Yeah, very tentative, very passive, and I think you've got to. I think you have to credit Air. I think over that was that was the most complete away performance that I've seen at Capello for a while. Um, obviously, both have turned us over twice this year, but again, you look at you look at just how well Air took the sting out of the game and just how well they managed us. Something that I wasn't expecting. I know we we've kind of talked about it in the group chat and whatever else, but teams seem to have gotten on that while Katong goes out, if they squeeze us kind of five, seven yards higher, we struggle. And I think for all we did manage, we managed to create more than enough on Tuesday night to get something out of the game. Um, obviously, we didn't quite take the chances, but the issue wasn't, I don't think the issue was getting the ball into the right areas. I don't think the issue was creating. It was just, we seem to have lost that defensive solidity that we had that was kind of the backbone of the team for the kind of the season so far. Um, what would you what would you kind of put that down to? I think it's a bit of a snowball effect of you know not having a midfielder on the team with the defensive nous, the defensive awareness in order to kind of screen the back four. Um, not being able to get out our own half because no one's really threatening them behind and not be, not being as aggressive in the press as we have been due to a number of factors maybe down to you know having to actually play a game more than once a, once in a week for one of the few times this season whilst having the smallest squad in the division by quite quite some distance so I think it's maybe a snowball effect of kind of or like a culmination of all of those and maybe even more yeah no I think that's spot on I think it is tough when you look we do run with a small squad and obviously there are advantages of that from a squad management point of view but the downside is trying to trying to replicate our style our style of play and our intensity kind of twice in three days is going to be tough. And especially when we do have that small squad, um, which was possibly what led me to being so surprised that we didn't see Gillespie start either on either on Tuesday night or yesterday. Because um, I think you you touched on something quite crucial there where we don't have that player who, we don't have anyone other than Gillespie who can screen the back four, plug those little gaps. Um, I don't think we see the best of Blues when he's put in that role. I think he's far better with that kind of defensive player behind him to allow him to go and Harry and I think his game's his game's more suited to being a little bit more aggressive and stepping up more than it is dropping off and plugging gaps. And that's where I think we'll obviously talk about the Abrose game a little later on. But I would definitely be bringing Gillespie back in for that because I think the times that we've seen the best of Blues this year, who yeah, Blues has Blues has had a very good season for all. I think the last couple of games he's maybe struggled a little bit. I think that's part of it. I think if we want to see the best out of Blues, then we do need Gillespie behind him to let him play his normal natural game instead of trying to trying to sit him in at the holding role because I really don't think it suits him. Yeah, I think it's worth saying that um, the one time I have seen a player that's not Gillespie can I, um, play that role well was Robbie Crawford up at Cove away at the start of the, yeah. at the, start of the season a few months ago. But yeah. that was obviously against Cove, who you know aren't they, aren't they the best team in the division for them um, to... You know, being disrespectful, and also I think in that game he had McGratton was in the ten in that game, yep. and McGratton's the only other player in the squad Listen. who can play that position that Robbie Crawford number plays normally plays in the ten and offer the same defensive solidity yeah. as Crawford. So then you could argue that it, you know he offers that bit more cover for Crawford, whereas I think Gillespie is just it's a bit odd. I think that he's not come back in yet. I wonder if he's maybe struggling for fitness because he is quite a crucial cog in this machine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it is he's he's kind of in the same situation as Katongo where we don't really have a player who can step in there and replicate it. You'd maybe look maybe Grimshaw into into midfield's another answer with Pignatello going to right back. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll obviously we'll we'll stick we'll we'll move on to their growth game in, in due course. So yeah, Tuesday but so yeah, yesterday O'Connor comes in for Ambrose. Don't think that was particularly surprising. That's the only change in the lineup. What did you make of that? Um I I thought I'd heard that like O'Connor was going to be out for a while, so I was wondering if you know it was the best idea of being a young well he's not young, but in terms of senior experience, being a young defender. Um, you know, uh, shoving him into this game when he's going to have a proper physical battle up against Brian Graham. Um, but I thought he did. I thought he did well, and obviously, I think Ambrose had to come out sooner or later because he, he had an absolute shocker on Tuesday, and he probably, you know, it was worthy of being dropped. So I had no qualms about it. But in terms of the rest of the lineup, you know, I was surprised to see that Gillespie still wasn't back in. And considering we played three, that was a third game in the week with a small squad. I was surprised there was that little. An amount of change, an amount of change yeah. in the squad. Um, I thought it would have been better going with. Oh, well, Muirhead was technically playing in the ten, but like kind of two strikers type thing. I thought it would have been better to have a kind of more of a ball playing kind of guy and McGratton or you know Gillespie or whoever having Crawford further forward. Um, Robbie Crawford that is. Um, that was my reaction to the lineup at that point in time. But I was, you know, I was trusting the gaffer <laughs> and hoping yeah. that he um, Come up with the three points. Yeah, absolutely. I think O'Connor and for Ambrose definitely was definitely the way to go. I think when you look at the the sort of threat that Brian Graham poses, I think having two having two centre backs that can compete with him physically is a big big plus. I don't think Ambrose would be as effective competing with him for that first ball that O'Connor would be. So I think O'Connor coming in was definitely the right call. Yeah, I think given our style of play and how we like to go about our business, yeah, I, w- I was quite surprised that we didn't see a change in midfield. Um, whether it be Grimshaw coming in and Pignatello right back, whether it be Gillespie coming back in, um, I was quite surprised by that. I don't think the midfield at the moment, I don't, it's trying to kind of word this, I don't think the way that we're lining up in midfield just now lends itself to the way we play. I think the, the two of them are kind of incompatible with each other at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. I was expecting to see a, a, a kind of change in there, but obviously it wasn't to be. So, yeah, what did you make of the, the kind of party performance then? Um, better, better than Tuesday um, from a competitive point of view. Mm-hmm. I think we competed better and more, more and more in the game. We weren't as, you know, I think I think back to the first half of the air game and, you know, I thought we actually, you know, goals changed games and we could have won the game based on the chances we had in the first half. Yeah, and it ended up being the opposite way because they were clinical. Um, I so I thought we were, you know, obviously didn't really break them down much. Other than that chance for Miller, which I thought was he was a mile off for at the time, and ended up your head made that really good last ditch challenge and ended up having to go off. But um, yeah, I um, I was better defensively and competitively. Um, just weren't particularly good going forward, and I loved how much we were fouling them and getting away with it. In the first half, I felt as if we were we were a lot smarter on our fouls than we were on Tuesday. Yeah, and um, we were back to that kind of way again. out gain fouls, but not getting carded for them. And it was it was railing up the Partick support because they were right right to the side of me. I could tell they were getting proper upset with it. And then you look back at the end of the game, we had twenty one fouls. They had nine, I think, and they yeah. had more yellow cards than us. <laughs> yeah, um, for all I don't think I don't think Muir had a. A great game yesterday, but you look, yeah, I think O'Connor got away with a good few fouls. Um, 
off the top of my head, but I think when you look at the performance yesterday, I thought Baird and O'Connor dealt with Graham very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the issues that we had, you look, there was a, f- a good few times on Tuesday night where I can Yemi kind of spun into the kind of spun into the hole that we always talk about strikers get into, get into that kind of gap between the, the defence and midfield. And I think there was far too much space there on Tuesday night for him to spin in, kind of dictate play, try and play other players in behind. That that space was still there, and again, that's not the centre back's responsibility to prevent that space. Their job is to make sure the ball doesn't go in behind, win the first ball. You're looking at we, we do need against the Broth, we are going to need more protection in front of the two centre backs. Um, but you look, Graham Graham's game isn't as strong as Akinyemi's in terms of spinning, like kind of dropping deep, trying to get on the ball and trying to, to flick things on and and get his get his shifting back that way. So I did think the two centre backs did very very well. I actually think. All the players in the back four did well. You look at Waters obviously doesn't cover himself in glory on Tuesday night with that third goal. Um, kind of combination of him and Shweeky. I think they, they definitely need to be doing better there. But I think he recovered well and put in a, a very good shift on Saturday. Um, same with Grimshaw. Just it, even as the weeks go by, no matter whether we're winning, drawing, losing, Grimshaw's just a, that level above. And you could see... The amount of times, especially in the second half yesterday, that he's received the ball, he's went to look up the line. You can tell how well he plays alongside Katongo. You can tell how strong that relationship is because the amount of times that he had to check back inside, play a pass back into midfield or just kind of just launch it into the channel because that out ball isn't there. I think these two games have underlined just how crucial Katongo is to this shape and our standard of playing. But yeah, you know, defensively, I thought we did okay. Um... There was still just, like I'd mentioned, there was that issue in front of the back four, that little hole there. That's definitely going to need plugged because I think if we allow a growth that amount of space and time, we've already seen this season, you know, they've taken seven points off us. We know how dangerous a growth can be and that's that's an area of the pitch that we really can't afford to give to teams every week. Um, and again, it's just, we need to, I think we need to go back to... I think we need to go back to what made this a successful season and that kind of a successful season in the first place. We need to have the confidence in the squad to go and press high up the park. I think we've been very, very passive the last two games. I think you look, our our strengths as a team are disrupting other teams, stopping other teams from playing and making them play our way. And I don't think we've managed that in the last two games. And I think obviously not having Katongo as that outball has changed that has changed that because both Aaron and Partick squeezed higher up against us this in the last two games than I think they have at any other game this season. So they've figured it out. It's up to it's it is then up to us to to counteract that. We need to find a way. We really need to find a way to make opposition defences drop off. And yeah, I think yeah, Miller, Ali Crawford and Muirhead in the as part of the front four, I don't think that particular set of players can affect that. I think they were quite comfortable to to squeeze us high up the park because they knew that we didn't have that player who was capable of running in behind. Out of the current squad, I think for that I would probably look towards McGratton, to be honest. Um, I thought if we had got McGratton on quicker on Saturday, I think not necessarily what ne- not necessarily what he gives you technically, but in terms of the tactical impact that that could have had on the game, I think we could have seen that because you look at the second half and how kind of disjointed we were in midfield and how much we struggled. You were looking for that change. Um, I think the two subs were... I think the two subs were absolutely the right subs, but yeah, maybe looking for them a little bit quicker. Yeah, I was um, I was kind of thinking that Muirhead, what he he showed flashes in the game, and he had that shot in the second half, absolute rasper. I don't know how close it was to going in from where I was, but 
would certainly a good effort for him, but it just wasn't. A, I didn't think it was his game on Saturday, and at half time, I was kind of hoping Emery um, would bring a, maybe McGratton on for Muirhead because I thought yeah. Miller still has that pace to um, threaten. Yeah. at least. Um, they ended up making like Gillespie and McGratton is a good good sub to make, and I thought he would usually he does like oh, he makes a sub five ten minutes in at the second half, but he waited to seventy fourth. This time yeah. round, which I think I think you're right in saying was maybe a bit too late for them to have any real lasting effect on the game. And by yeah. and I remember th- when I saw Gillespie, can I go back to get changed, get stripped? I remember saying like, like we we need Tim on so badly because we were really clinging on at that point for a bit. Felt as if there was just a big massive hole in the midfield that he would plug. Um, yeah. so the right subs maybe too late or at the wrong time. Anyway, yeah, I think as well. I know the yeah. I don't think the pitches the pitches helped as much in the last couple of games either. Um, you look at times where we're trying to get that that kind of second ball off Oakley, and we're then trying to maybe work it back into midfield to look for an opening. Um, yeah, pitch is quite sandy, and obviously it's just this time of year. There's not there's not a great deal we can do about it. But you look, I think that's maybe handled us at times as well. We've gone from being a really intensive pressing side to being actually quite passive. I thought our the midfield on Saturday again on Tuesday, we don't have that same intensity, we don't have that same defensive balance. And because of that, you look at some of the players that we've got and they kinda in the attacking third, pressing isn't something that comes easily to them. And I think it, it really showed up in the last couple of games just how effective just how effective defensively McGratton and Katongo are, because you look the defensive solidity that we have with both of them in the team compared to the way that we've defended without the ball Tuesday night and again yesterday. I think that it was quite a quite a stark quite a stark comparison. This is an important message from the Tale of the Bank Credit Union. Remember that we are here for you. We share this message often because it's important. Don't get hooked in by loan sharks. Avoid the pitfall of debt solutions. Stop, take a breath and consider your option. Tale of the Bank Credit Union are Inverclyde's credit union. We are non-profit making and put our members first. Call us for a confidential chat before falling into the trap of high rate lenders or debt solutions that aren't right for you. Contact us via creditunioninverclyde.com by phone on 01475-734-655 or via our social media feeds and see how Inverclyde's Credit Union can support you to save, borrow and plan for tomorrow. Alright, so we'll move on to that. It's a trip to a broth on Friday night. What's your thoughts heading into this one? I'm worried. <laughs> I'm not too confident. Obviously, I both seem to have a number so far this season. Feels like another one of those games where, you know, it's a real similar to the kind of way I was thinking the air game was on Tuesday of like, um, it's like a real crossroads in the season almost. Like, we can really go one way or the other here, considering I'm pretty sure Inverness, where are they? Why is that not coming up? Right, here we go. Right, Inverness are only six points behind us by a game in hand, which will be two yeah. by that point. So, you know, really looking at it, it's a game that we really need to be trying to win, especially when they're bottom of the table. Yeah, I think there's... I'm always wary, especially against kind of where we are in the seat. It's tough because had the, resu- had the two results against Aaron Partick been different, you, would, you wouldn't you would begin into this saying this is a must-win. But I think one thing that kind of struck me... In the last two games, was there doesn't seem to be that confidence in the squad at the moment. I know, obviously, those were two big games. Um, I don't know if it, I, I think it's probably just been a, a kind of hangover from from Tuesday night, and obviously the, the cheapness of the goals we've conceded. I wouldn't. I don't think there's anything in it kind of deeper than that. But I think when you looked at the kind of second half yesterday, there wasn't that same. I don't think there was that same belief in the group of players that that finished the game. And you're then looking if we 
are to take anything against our growth, then I think we need to we need to find that confidence and I think we need to find it quickly. Because I think if we line up if we line up with the same midfield and go about our business the same way we did for those two games against our growth, then I think we're on the risk of them running over the top of us. You know, they're they're a physical side, they're a hard working side. They yeah, I think they've they've kinda had our number a few times this year where they've exploited weaknesses in our shape and they've kind of taken advantage of it. So I think for me this week, we kind of need to go for a bit of a hard reset. I think we need to go back to to what made us that that team that was so hard to play against and so hard to beat kind of earlier on in the season. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a must win, but it is one of those games where I don't think we can afford to lose. I think if we go up there, if we go up there, show an improved performance, come away with a point, yeah, absolutely fine. Um, I still... I. I don't think it's a case of we we need to go up there and we need to win. I don't think we do. If we are if we're drawn, if we're you know yeah, say we're one each for them with with fifteen minutes to go on Friday night, I wouldn't be going you know I wouldn't be going gung ho to, to chase a winner. I think we can still finish the season successfully with a point up at our growth, not the worst result in the world. Um, but I think I would be tempted. I'm kind of swithering between two lineups at the moment. I think obviously yeah, Waters, Baird, O'Connor, I'm stuck between having Grimshaw at right back and Gillespie back in the starting eleven, or having Pignatello at right back and Grimshaw and holding midfield. Um, but I think in front of that, we need Blues to go back box to box. That that specific role suits his skill set to an absolute T. And I think if we're going to see Blues get back to his best, then I think that that's where it has to be. It has to be going box to box with someone behind him, plugging gaps and breaking up play to let him go and play his natural game, which is going and harrying players. You know, go and break, you know, just being a, a box-to-box midfielder and being that energetic player that we've benefited from having in there this season. Um, so my midfield three would either be, yeah, yeah. So my, yeah, my, my midfield three would either be Grimshaw Blues, Robbie Crawford or Gillespie Blues, Robbie Crawford. I think we have to get back to that three. That's when we've been our most effective this year. And I think, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are with that one. I would have McGratton back on the left. I would have Oakley through the middle. I think the only one that I'm kind of stuck on at the moment, apart from where Grimshaw goes, is who plays on the right. Um, that's that's the one that I'm kind of struggling with at the moment. I don't think Miller's going to suit it. So you're then kind of left with either, yeah, what would what would your thoughts on that be? Um, well, I think for me, i definitely look to put Gillespie in and keep Grimshaw right back. I think Gillespie definitely has to come back into midfield just because I think Gillespie offers... A level of progressive passing that Grimshaw doesn't. Yeah. And also, Grimshaw's just classic right back as well. So, we'd yeah. just keep him in there. I'd have I'd, my midfield three would be, you know, the OG, Gillespie, Blues, and Crawford, Robbie Crawford. Um, yeah. You know, I always want McGratton in, so stick him in the left. I'd go one I'd, again on the right, maybe maybe Ali Crawford. I'd go one of Oakley or Muirhead up top and probably bench the other. I wouldn't have any qualms either way. With who yeah. it was, I just feel like I mean against our both you could argue the physicality, you know, the physicality factor having took the two of them on there, but you know, we can always change it up in the second half. I feel like we should go there and try and play try and play a bit. So I think one of them two up front and then, you know, I feel like that's a real problem problem area at the minute, that right hand side without Katongo. So Yeah. I, I don't know. There's a bit of me that maybe thinks that you put Muirhead out on the right. Um I know he didn't of the the kind of first few games of the season where we played him on the right of the front three, it didn't really click. But yeah, you maybe look at him cutting inside from there, but 
you kind of look, could we could we try and use that bit of physicality that Muirhead's got to try and cause that gap? And almost you're never going to replicate what Kutongo gives you. But I think in terms of that mobility and maybe trying to stretch teams, it would be a big ask and it is a, a kind of different variation that you're asking Muirhead to play. But maybe to just, it, there's a wee bit of kind of going, um, square pegs and round holes for that. But yeah, it's maybe a role that you ask Muirhead to play. I've not been overly impressed with Ali Crawford, not been overly impressed with the last few games from Miller. I think if either of them were to drop out the team on Friday, I don't think they could have any complaints. Um, I, yeah, it's it's a bit of a problem area. But yeah, for me, it needs to be Grimshaw or Gillespie in the holding midfield role. And I think it has to be McGratton in the on the left side of the front three. Um, yeah, I'd be happy enough with Oakley or Muirhead going through the middle. I'd think... Uh, no, sorry, on you. No, on you. I was going to say, I think what I'd try is, um, against Aaron on Tuesday, he, he brought McGratton on on the right, and I thought he was pretty, like, although it was limited, he only had 15 minutes, I thought he looked, you know, he looked quite comfortable on either foot. So, yeah. and he, he, he was, on Tuesday, I remember seeing him whip a ball into the cross, whip a ball into the box, and just being like, almost taken aback, like, whoa, what, we're actually trying to threaten here, what's going on? Because it felt yeah. like the whole second half we didn't do that. So maybe, I think for me, I'd go Grimshaw right back, Gillespie in the hole with that normal midfield, Miller on the left, McGratton on the right, and then one of Oakley or Muirhead up top. I think that's what I'd go with. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I think it's, no matter what no matter what team we play, I think we need to really hammer home the importance of our pressing and our aggressive pressing because we are going to need to, I think, yeah, we, we're at our best when teams have got to play the match our way. And we force teams into punting high because, especially when it's O'Connor and Baird, we've got two big aggressive centre-backs that are capable of going to win the first ball. And when you look at, obviously we, we are going to miss the pace of Katongo, but when we're, kind of, we're talking about that team that went on that great run, I think one of the strengths of that team was being winning the, winning the kind of first or second ball in midfield and then that transition to attack. At that point, we were better than anyone in the league at that. And I think if we can try and replicate that and get back to that, then I think we will see far more success because you can then work the ball wide and then we can put in the sort of delivery that Oakley and Muirhead's going to put goals away from and going to finish. And yeah, I think it's, it is going to be a tough ask. It's We're at that point of the season where teams at the bottom of the table fighting for their life are going to start picking up points that we don't expect them to. But yeah, I'm still not... I'm not totally convinced this is a must win but I would like to see us playing closer to the team that has got us so much success this year and I think that has to be the the kind of highlight of that has to be that we can't afford to be so passive without the ball as we have been the last two games also just McGratton's last time he was up there obviously scored as well so uh, scored a screamer um, I don't know how good he was in that game because I wasn't there but I don't know if that points to you know a weakness in in their um, team that he can exploit or whatever yeah, I think when you look at, especially their two centre-backs, they're not particularly mobile, they've got their strengths, but kind of being quick and agile certainly isn't them. So, yeah, there maybe is that argument that if you can get McGratton or a similar player running at them, that you're going to get some joy. But, yeah, it's um, certainly a, a big, big game for, for both sides. So, tell you what, just before we round off, I'm going to have a wee bit of a moan, actually. Um, I meant to mention it earlier on, but I didn't. Um, there's a steward who shall remain nameless, who, let's say, made a, a bit of a boo-boo on Tuesday night. Obviously, there was still a, a massive queue outside when the I was outside when the, the minute silence for, for Alan McGraw was being held and still barking orders at the top of her voice. And yeah, just 
you can argue whether it's a whether a head steward should know there's going to be a minute silence or not. That's not really the issue. But when someone points out that she's screaming at the top of her lungs over the top of a minute silence, um, the reaction of "Don't you shout at me?" Um, yeah, not really, not really a reaction that I'd expect from a yeah a public facing representative of Morton. Um, I think there's been kind of ongoing stewarding issues, but yeah, it's um, disappointing, shall we say. But in fact, tell you what, we'll uh, balance that up with some lighter news. So, excellent win for Morton Women today. 3-2 away, away through at Hutchie Vale. It's a really tough place to go, a really kind of physical Hutchie Vale side. But three good goals and a, a much-needed win for the, the women's team as they kind of head into the business end of the season. So, absolutely well done to the squad there. So, another wee thing just before we go, I think a big thank you to everyone that donated to the the Boots and Pieces pickup yesterday. First, kind of first time that we've ran a collection at Capolo and an excellent haul. Loads of people coming in, donating generously. And yeah, we'll, we'll obviously see a few more a few more collections like that at Capolo between now and the end of the season. But I think it's really important that people donate to this. It's another excellent initiative from, from Morton in the community and something else that's going to be a, a big, big benefit to the local community. So yeah, kind of thank you and well done to, to everyone that popped by and donated something or maybe just kind of asked us what we were up to. It's, it's a big, big help. Yeah, we will leave it there for this week. So, Darren, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks very much, mate. I hope we don't ever have to talk about two draws, two games as draws as that ever again. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back next week. Well, that's the show, folks. Remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news, discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at The Morton. <laughs>